Hello and welcome to the special 10th episode of Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast that's definitely bad. I'm Maud Pencil. Paper. Today we are reviewing a probably bad film, I think. I would, the... I would describe it as a probably bad film. It's, it's like a 5 out of 10. Um, but yes, the official Dungeons and Dragons movie, starring such names as Jeremy Irons and Danny from Hocus Pocus, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the film was just Jeremy Irons yelling at people and other people sometimes doing things. Yeah, I love. I mean, there, I love there were cameos from Tom Baker and um, is it Richard O'Brien, um, I... aka the Rocky Horror Guy. But yeah, I. I love Jeremy Irons in it. He was just... I don't recognise the name Jeremy Irons, by the way. Scar from The Lion King. Imagine Scar from The Lion King, but he is a human, and I'm pretty sure is getting off on every line of dialogue he's giving. Yeah, Jeremy Irons gives this film 110%. Like his so first... He is full ham. He's, yeah, he's, he's not just ham, he's a full plowman's. His first scene is he has to pick up a magic scepter, and his response is, and his way of doing this is to hover over it, going, yes, yes, and like, I think he licks it at one point. He's a horny boy. Yeah, that was his first scene, was he just has to pick up a scepter and he does the whole thing like he's going to bang it. This scepter, which is basically... This scepter has all the powers of the Empress's scepter, but it can also control red dragons. And somehow that means that if the Empress gets the scepter, she can make everyone equal. Yeah, like. Which, out of context, is slightly terrifying. <laughs> yeah, just for. We're all equal in death. Just for people who, for some reason, have not sat down and watched the official Dungeons and Dragons movie. The premise of the setting, the premise of the movie, is it's a city where mages rule over non-mages and oppress them in some vague and unspecified manner. Especially uh, the mages are, like, the nobles? Yeah, it seems like that's what's going on. And the Empress uh, wants to uh, reverse this and ensure that everyone gets an opportunity to be free. And the mages want to stop her doing this with a magic scepter that controls dragons. And two two thieves try and break into the mages' tower, which, to be fair, does work out how most D&D campaigns I've seen go, in that they break in, get distracted by a guinea pig, randomly push a button on a thing they haven't seen, and summon a demon to attract the police. Which is entirely something I can see or see any of my groups doing. Replace the guinea pig with a mighty stream of orcish urine, and we did do that. Yeah. Our groups are great. But yes, then they find a minor mage, and they have to team up because they're being framed to stop a weird guy with blue lips from tracking them down and getting the scepter and starting a dragon war. Yeah, I in terms of party composition, I think it is a fairly accurate film. Mm. You've got 
the two players who couldn't decide which one of them got to be the rogue, so they both are. The noble mage who doesn't want to be here, and the meathead tank. I like the dwarf in that the dwarf has no personality throughout the entire film. He's just the dwarf. Did, I'm not yeah, sure I even, I'm like, not sure I even remember him gold. getting a He likes gold and beer and doesn't like elves, and that's his whole thing. Yeah, like, I literally don't remember if he ever got given a name other than just the dwarf. I hope you're enjoying this hot looking up dwarf um, names on Wikipedia action you get in the temp special episode. He does have a name. Okay. His name is Elwood Gutworthy. Okay, I can see why he didn't use his name very much. Yeah, I, I don't remember an instance of him being actually addressed by name at any point, but that's his that's his name. But yeah, but so this, yeah, there's... this party though was also one of my first issues with this film. Mm. It's not a D and D party. There's, it's very much a protagonist and and his helpers. Like yeah, I think his name was Ridley. Yes, I believe so. There and there's his friend Snails who just dies. And is hinted to maybe not be dead at the end? I don't know if they were trying to hint at a sequel or what. But his friend is called Snails. He's played by Marlon Wayans, of all people. He's very much the comic relief Freddy Cat sidekick. Hmm. I feel like I liked Snails, but there was a bit too much Snails. There was too much snails, and then there wasn't enough snails, because they split the party, and then pretty much as soon as they get reunited, through some means I still don't quite understand, he just he does the whole noble sacrifice thing. Yeah, look, the thing is, I'm not quite sure why he did a noble sacrifice, because again, for people who haven't watched it, at this point, he's been captured by the villain, and... Not Jeremy Irons, the blue no. lips guy that works for Jeremy Irons. Yeah, the... the... Yeah, the villain's main minion. Yeah, he's been captured, and the heroic sacrifice is that he doesn't that he doesn't tell where the scroll is. Except the way he does that is to take the scroll out his pocket and throw it in front of him. And it's a good... It's, a, it's like at most five feet away from the guy who's trying to get the scroll. Yeah. It, it's not a good sacrifice. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash probablybadrpgideas. Rewards include access to the Discord server, which includes watch-alongs of bad fantasy and sci-fi films, homebrew content, and bonus episodes. Also, I did like, in terms of D&D things, at one point they go to the Feast Guild to get the magic... Run by Richard O'Brien run by Richard O'Brien, like all Thieves' Guilds. Um, and I can't remember why they needed the Magic Stone at this point. There was a lot of things they needed to collect. They needed the stone to get hold of this 
to make the scroll work. Something like yeah. that. There it was, was like, unclear. Yeah. There was a lot of MacGuffins. There was like five magic items they had to get. But the point is, the Feast Guild, for absolutely no good reason whatsoever, has an underground trap-filled death maze where they keep all of their stuff. And I love the D&D premise that everyone just keeps their things in underground death-filled trap maze. Well, like, you know what else Richard O'Brien is known for? Like the Crystal Maze. Ah. I think it might have been a Crystal Maze thing. Because he went through the death maze to get the crystal. Fair enough. I do like Richard O'Brien just lives in death mazes in every every universe. This yeah. beef skill, though, is there's some beautiful races that I have never seen in D and D. Yeah. This, this this whole film, I, I'm just I've, I wrote down a list of the races that we saw. Human beholder. Elf, dwarf, probable background orc, watermelon face, purple with three eyes, and a human with blue lipstick. Who I'm pretty yeah. sure was supposed to not be human, but that was he was just a human with blue lipstick. Yeah, I and wasn't sure if he There was some sort of enchantment involving his head, but I was unclear. Jeremy Irons did something to his head. Jeremy Irons put some kind of snake thing in his head that would slowly kill him unless he got the staff, is what I believe happened. So it didn't have anything to do with his species. His species is just blue lips. Yeah, like, I don't know if he was meant to be, like, non-human or if he just, like, wanted to look pretty that day. It's unclear. I did enjoy the background watermelon face guy because it was full on like light green with dark green stripes. It was very classic Star Trek. It's just like we want this guy to look different. We're just gonna paint him however we feel like. But yes, there w- there was way too many plot threads in that movie, despite the fact that the movie didn't really have much of a plot over then. Here's the next MacGuffin you need to get. Yeah. That said, though, I I do feel it was very D&D accurate in that most of them were just going after these various objects, risking their lives multiple times, not because they wanted to create equality or stop Jeremy Irons from getting the evil, the from getting the powerful MacGuffin. They were just doing it for money. Yeah, I did like that the main character's motivation was basically that he wanted to bang the wizard. Yeah, there was that as well, like, this sort of beautiful female mage noble who's like, doesn't really like him, and then suddenly they kiss, and it was the most unearned kiss that I've seen in a long time. It was the most blatant, okay, there's the male main character and the female main character, and they got a bone. Like, there wasn't a... You know, the actual arguing turns into playful bickering, like in, say, Galavant. It was very much just, they hate each other, now kiss. Yeah, like, it wasn't even really that they hated, they were just kind of vaguely apathetic towards each other in most of the scenes they were in. Mm. But yes. Also, I liked the morality at the end of, we can't control dragons, and also every single, also the Empress is controlling dragons, and she resolves the issue by having a dragon eat the main character, eat the main villain. Yeah. 
because yeah, it was revealed part way through that dragons are the source of magic, and if you control and wipe out the dragons, that will remove magic from the world, which will make the world die. Which I think they sort of put in as a kind of more tangible reason to stop dragon controlling staffs. Yeah, but again, they didn't. I like to think that most of the people that that we've played with would go, okay, well, let's destroy the staff so no one can have it. Mm. But instead, it's just kind of the Empress, who is in charge of the country, is like, well, I could just make it so that mages and non-mages are equal, but I need the dragon stick first. Yeah, like, I really For like no the whole reason. The whole premise is the Empress wants to do social change. And for some reason, despite being the Empress, is just, if only there was a way I, the most powerful woman in the country, could do something about this. That's the thing, like, before Jeremy Irons goes all Scar, there's very clear, like, the council is on her side. Mm. And also... She's the empress, yeah. But like, she just like... she she can only create equality by gaining control of dragons, which you shouldn't do. But also, she wants to. Like a nice bit at the end where it's like where the guy where like the main hero gets the dragon staff and is going to control the dragon to kill the villain and is like, no, I won't do it. I won't be like you. At which point, the empress walks in, uses a dragon staff to kill the main villain, and everyone's like, well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> the Empress who again is played by the little sister from Hocus Pocus. Not a huge amount older because this film is from the year 2000. Yeah. So so he's basically you've got this guy who's probably like early 20s mm. being like, "Ah, morality. I am a true hero now." And then this kid comes in like, "Yoink." <laughs> and kills the guy. <laughs> Like, again, child walks up with magic artifacts and has a dragon eat everyone. It is very D&D-esque. It is, but it really doesn't... Like, <laughs> looking at the film outside of the context of D&D... Yeah. Bad. Bad yeah, resolution. Like... Oh, so... Yeah, what... Right, other things about the film... But yeah, like to be honest, the main thing I remember about the films is Jeremy Irons screaming every line he has. Yeah, Jeremy Irons in this film acts as though, yeah, like he was told if he doesn't do a good enough job, someone he loves will be killed, possibly yeah, with the dragon staff. He is so acting like, like someone is pointing a sniper at him just off screen. Which is kind of beautiful. And very fitting for, like, a high fantasy villain. Mm. Like, But also, it's like, it's a lot. Like, to be honest, all of the villains were... I'm not sure good is quite the right term, but all of the villains were memorable. Like, what's his name? The the Crystal Maze guy who was running the... um, Richard O'Brien. Yeah, he was doing the whole creepy James Bond villain the entire time he was playing. Yeah, like, his whole betrayal thing where he's like, 
ah, only naive idiots believe in honour among thieves, was kind of beautiful. Mm. And if slightly like... undermined by watermelon guy just existing behind him. And there was and there was the um and the girl and the main henchman, the bald one, who has blue lips and may maybe some kind of like other fantasy race. He's called yeah. he's called something like um like Damodar, I think. Yeah. So I'm I'm unclear if he's supposed to be something else or just a guy in blue lipstick, but I feel like he's probably supposed to be something else. And yeah, and he does the whole sinister whispering of every line he does. Like every line he does, even when he's giving orders to his guards, and you do wonder how they can hear him. They do a little bit. Also, on a less film film um, analysis firm note, I was stifling laughter every time they were like, "Give me the rod," which they did a lot. They just referred to it as the rod and was like, "Give me your rod," or "Give me the rod." Yeah. Which wasn't helped by the fact that Jeremy Iron was licking it. That's the thing. They they deployed the full Jeremy Iron so early on. It's just a lot. Yeah, the plot of the movie was will you give Jeremy Irons your rod so he can lick it? Which I think is a question we've all struggled with. Mm. Also, can we just shout out Tom Baker for being beautifully Tom Baker? Like He was a very minor character, but I actually remember that his name was Halvath because it was Tom Baker and I love Tom Baker. Tom Baker was very Tom Baker. Like that's all I have to say about him. Just yeah. it was it's worth like, watching just for the Tom Baker bit. If you like Tom Baker, it certainly has Tom Baker. But yeah. Also I did like at the end where the main So yeah, as we mentioned, the sidekick died. Um yeah. in a somewhat Snails. pointless sacrifice. Snails, yeah. Which like is isn't is a name. But anyway, Snails dies. And then at the end, in the final scene, uh, the main character's at the, at the graveyard and is mourning snails. Um, and then they built the... him a beautiful little grave cairn that has a rock on the top of it with snails written on it in chalk. But and then the wind starts howling, and his name is magically removed from the gravestone. And the, there's an elf tracker. We didn't mention the elf tracker before because she doesn't contribute a lot. She's just kind of there. Um, says that ah, your friend will be waiting for you. And firstly, I love that it's the D and D thing of just oh, you're dead. You'll be fine in the morning. He's better now. Mm. And secondly, I like to imagine that a magical stone just has the ability to wipe people's names off gravestones. Like that's all it does. It just it just blew the chalk away. <laughs> and it's just like, is he back? Nope. I can just make gravestones blank. Yeah, I was trying to find something that I've seen um, Kristen Wilson, who plays the the elf character in. She's been in one thing that I've seen, and that was Mega Python versus Gatoroid, which, if you're at all aware 
of the Sci-Fi Channel, you won't be surprised to know was a Sci-Fi original movie. I, I'd love any CV that's D&D &D, D &D movie and Mega Python versus Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade, not the drink Gatorade. Like it's a sci-fi movie. Who the I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're sentient Gatorade monsters. I mean, that is fair. But yeah, she, um, yeah, I don't think she's a major character in it, but she's in it. Like she's not so much, like she's sort of a minor character who's just always around for like the second half of the movie. Yeah, that's pretty much what she is in Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Like, I'm I'm double checking the plot summary now because it's a while since not, I've seen it. Does she not play the Mega she's Python or the Gatoroid? No, she's the protagonist's friend who shows up like, Hi, I'm fine. So not not a major role. Mm. You're a major role. I'm sorry, that was incoherent. <laughs> you might want to edit that bit out. Yes, uh, that was... I am keeping track of, like, what's going on in my life. Yeah, so, but yeah, like, I did like just how much it was. Here's another MacGuffin, how are you going to fuck up getting this one? They get sucked into a map at one point. And I'm still not yeah, quite clear what happened. That's, like, very early on, it's like, we know that we need to get to this place because we have this map that Riz Ridley's dad left him and Ridley knows the magic words It doesn't mm. know that they're magic words so he puts his hands on the map and says the words and just disappears into the map like Dora the Explorer Yeah, I'm not quite clear whether they, whether they teleported or what I think, they I, I, think, I think we're supposed to, it's I think they teleported but nothing is really explained. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things but I, that aren't. I feel like some light comes out of a map and then you are somewhere else is mm. it's fair to read that as teleportation. Like I think. yeah, there's also the so yeah, the oh, the maker of the staff is a zombie now and says that anyone who misuses the staff will face a terrible fate and they don't. Um, the thing is, I don't think it's even misuses it. It's just he his hubris made him use it full stop, and now he's cursed. And then and he's yeah. just like, and then Ridley asks for it. And he's like, oh sure, here you go. <laughs> I do love it's like no one may take this staff for it is cursed and evil. Can I have it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's he's the most apathetic guardian of a cursed magical artifact I've ever heard. And honestly, kind of one of my favourite characters, because he's just like, sure. He just big, Like, his entire thing is just, this may as well happen. And just bigs it up for, like, two minutes, and then he's just like, yeah, I guess you can do it. Oh, so, because, yeah, there was... Also Maybe if he gets rid of it, he can finally die. Because I think it's, it's strongly implied that he's just been a skeleton trapped in spiderwebs for, like, centuries. Yeah. And that's, mean, that's no life. Yeah, there's also, like, yeah, the, the 
fuck, I keep forgetting the blue-lipped guy's name. But yeah, he gets he gets an um weird snake thing implanted in his head. And nothing comes of that, really. I it's think just... he almost uses it to hurt someone and then is stopped. He does mind he does mind read um the elf not elf, the mage person with it, but like it's implied it's killing him, but it doesn't seem to be doing anything, and then it's removed and then he's fine. But yeah, there's a lot of weird magical plot threads which aren't really brought up. Like it's it does feel like a GM who keeps trying to world build while you ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, like I did I did actually like the movie. Like it wasn't good. I, I mean, did... I'm I'm still on a 5 out of 10, like it definitely wasn't good, but it wasn't bad enough for me to then like come back around to liking it. I would because as I, as I said, I am a person who watches sci-fi original movies for fun. I would recommend getting it, cutting out all of the scenes that don't have Jeremy Irons in, and the one with. No, Tom we can Baker keep the in. Tom Baker bit. Yeah. All the scenes with Jeremy Irons in and the scene with Tom Baker in and just watch that. It won't make any sense, but it wasn't going to make sense anyway. And it will be the single greatest piece of ham acting that you've ever seen. I like that there's a point where he's trying to persuade the council to stand against the Empress. And he's obviously trying to be subtle and like manipulative, but he's still coming off in ridiculous ham mode. Just yeah, he's 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 subtle and manipulative in the way that like a bad guy in a show for five year olds is subtle in that like he's doing all the sneering and he's doing the voice and everything, but the words are nice, so that's okay. Can we be fair? It does end with we should kill the empress. So I feel like he goes well, yeah, from... but that's after he's got them riled up. He doesn't yeah, like start. He... he doesn't start with kill this child. I like how he goes from zero to a hundred. It sort of feels like a kind of moral prank. Like, do you all agree to do what I want you to do? Yeah, cool, we're killing kids. But it is, it's the moral maze. <laughs> Appropriately. The, the, the real, moral dungeon. The real elaborate death trap filled dungeon was the moral dilemmas the party must face. Except the moral Along dilemmas the are way. Do, Except the moral dilemmas are do we kill kids, which perhaps isn't that hard. Although on the other hand, this child does attack him with an army of dragons, so this is maybe more morally complex than I thought. I guess the, the ultimate question raised by this film is, is it moral to kill someone with an army of dragons in order to make the class system less based on ability? Is what I'm getting? Because, hmm. yeah. like, presumably there's still going to be empress and things like that. Like, she's not going to turn it into, a, like, a socialist paradise. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's the point. We're it's just going to still... be less mean to non-mages. That is a point, actually, yeah, because it's still going to be run by 
like presumably she's hereditary given that she's you know a, like you know i don't know how old she is but she's young so i assume she's like inherited the position and um, sorry i just want to look up how how old she actually was in it like i'd guess four... yeah, she she was like 18 19 in this okay so yeah but I, I feel i feel like she was Supposed to be younger than that. Yeah, I, like I, the character. I thought she was being played as like maybe fifteen or sixteen, but the point is, I assume she's inherited the position then. Yeah, I mean, the title Empress implies hereditary head of an empire as well. Like, it's not yeah. just this one country. This is a colonialist power. But you know, it's now a colonialist power that doesn't oppress mages. No, it doesn't oppress non-mages. So everything's fine. It's basically. Like I said, it's basically, let's make it less of a meritocracy. Because let's be honest, in a fantasy world, mages are quite important. Mm. But... It's a a complicated issue. It is a complicated issue. Or we could just have dragons attack everyone and resolve it that way. Yeah. And it does remind me a little bit of when he- when like superheroes are like, ah, I don't kill, but then are like, I'm not going to kill this person, I'm just going to throw them off a skyscraper. Yeah, That's I, fine. Or like, I, I will kill all of your minions, but I won't kill you, because I'm a good guy. I don't kill, but if a dragon happens to eat you as a direct result of my actions, you know, you can't hold me responsible for that one. <laughs> like... Batman must have killed so many people through brain injury. It's not really relevant to the movie, but, like, he must have put so many... He must have killed people. Anyway, Batman is bad, is the point of this um, movie, I believe. (laughs) Don't give Batman dragons. So, the... That seems like a good point to end this probably bad film review. Um, if, if you have a question for one of our normal episodes, um, you can send it to us at probably bad RPG ideas on Tumblr or email probably bad podcast at gmail.com. And we hope um, you enjoyed a slightly different um, episode this week. Yeah. And don't forget if you want bonus episodes homebrew content all that jazz or just to watch some D&D related films with us over on the probably bad discord server um you can head to patreon.com slash probably bad rpg ideas or if you don't have money you don't want to give us money which is reasonable you don't believe in money um just give us a review or rating on your favourite podcatcher. One day I'll be able to say that word without trying really hard. Um, I will give us a follow on Facebook or Twitter. And remember to have a probably bad day. And remember to have a probably bad day. I feel that went well.